positive heads out there thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the positive head podcast where we are firmly convinced that creating success and happiness is rooted in understanding the ultimate nature of reality and the fact that as human beings we are all immensely powerful fractals of the one and only source consciousness which creates and animates all things now of course understanding this powerful truth is one thing Applying this incredibly empowering wisdom to everyday life? Well, that's another. Which is exactly why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week to help constantly remind you of what matters most. You are it. And I'm your host, Brandon Beecham. I'm the reflection and extension of you who will be here each Wednesday interviewing a different consciousness changemaker and on the other four weekdays, leading the way to ensure that your perspective is consistently expanded, your vibration is constantly elevated, and your heart is overflowing and full. And you guys have heard me say that if I ever run ads on the show, it will only be with a company that I fully support because I believe their intention is to make a positive difference in the world. Well, I'm pleased to announce that day has arrived and that this episode of the Positive Head Podcast is being brought to you thanks to the support of Gaia. If you're not familiar, Gaia is the go-to source for streaming consciousness content online. And you can sign up for your first month for only 99 cents at Gaia.com forward slash positive head. That's spelled G-A-I-A dot com forward slash positive head. Check it out. All right, all you positive heads, on this week's interview episode, I have a return guest here with me on the show, Mr. Richard Gordon. Richard uh, is the founder of the revolutionary healing modality, Quantum Touch. You may recall if you listened to our previous uh, episode, and if not, you need to go check it out. It's a pretty pretty amazing uh, interview and, and fascinating stuff. And what Richard's going to do is he's going to give us the download on his brand new book, The Secret Nature of Matter. Hey there, Richard. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, Brandon. It's what a treat to be back here. Love your show. Well, you know, and I can actually say, uh, I often say, hello, my friend. I can actually feel uh, like that is a very true statement. Whereas, you know, as many of you know, and maybe some of you don't, oftentimes with these interviews, there are people I haven't met in 3D in person. And what's funny is I remember speaking with Richard the last time we had such a wonderful, lovely, fascinating interview. And uh, the last things you said to me was like, well, Brandon, I look forward to when we meet in person and I can show you this stuff for myself. And I thought to myself, oh yeah, hopefully that'll happen. You know, a lot, most of my guests I haven't met in person as of yet. Lo and behold, I go to a, a mutual friend's birthday party in Los Angeles, uh, Daniel Raphael, who's also been on the show at one point. And uh, I'm sitting there and he, he up comes this fascinating guy talking about all this stuff. And I'm like, hold on, what is your name again? Like the more you talk, the more I'm like, oh, it's Richard. So we, we had a wonderful time at that party. And uh, now I can truly say uh, my friend in 3D. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Mine too. What a treat to, to meet you in person. But you also got to see things that would otherwise be thought to be impossible. 
Very, very true. And we're going to get into some of that. Uh, yeah, you you talked a little bit. Uh, well, I don't know. Wait, there's a lot to talk about. This new book is awfully exciting. Uh, and you, of course, you were starting to share it with me. Uh, the, actually, you shared a little bit on that interview six months or whatever ago it was. Yeah, and, that's when uh, I was and then, Yeah, I was still writing. Yeah, it. and then and then when I saw you at the party, you started talking about it, talking about it. And I'm like, oh man, we got to we got to get you back on the show here. So uh, you know, where to begin? Should we should we uh, start uh, with uh, maybe what you showed me uh, well, that first, you promised you would show me, and then you yeah, did show me at the birthday party. It's called The Secret Nature of Matter. And to be really honest with you, if somebody had told me the stuff that's in this book 18 months ago, I would not have believed it. And wow. the story began uh, a year ago, Thanksgiving, on, I guess it was November of 2015. And my friend Daniels, a different Daniel, said that if you make a movie of yourself doing a healing session, people watching the movie can receive healing. And I said mm. to him, no way. That just doesn't make any sense <laughs> at all. And then he said, well, test it out. Well, I have developed a particular test that I actually can use that will give me empirical results. And that is, if I can do two things that are both considered physiologically impossible and they're both visible to the naked eye, then I can see whether or not something actually occurred. It's as obvious as the golf ball is either on the green or it's in the hole, or the light switch is pointing up or it's pointing down. There's zero ambiguity in this particular test. But to back up a little bit, it was back in 1978, the summer of 78, and I attended the first workshop that a gentleman named Robert Rasmussen taught for the first time. And Mm. my first book was about three months from going into print, And I'm attending this workshop, didn't even have a name, just some kind of healing class. And Bob was this rather blasé, grandpa, obese man who just uh, was telling tall tales, and I couldn't believe anything he was saying. He said, oh, (laughs) well, there was the time that the tumor was the size of a grapefruit, and I ran energy, and it melted down and disappeared in an hour. And then there was the time (laughs) that the child broke his leg running around the swimming pool, and uh, the next day he was able to walk and run again. And then there was the time, and he's just going (laughs) on and on. He was saying that the bone was sticking out of the flesh. And he said, oh, yeah, I just touch people, and the bones move back into alignment. And I thought, yeah, <laughs> no right. big deal. What am, what am I doing here? So my girlfriend gets up to the front of the room. We're looking at her spine, and we're looking at her back. And she has a, a significant scoliosis. Mm. And he says, "Well, you can see how high the right hip is here, and look at the occiput, and it's really out of a line." And he just touches the cranial bones, and like watching a hot knife through butter. The bones just melted back into place. And then he put his hands on her hips, and the hips just rolled back into place. And I went, what the? That's crazy. And then he went up and down her spine, and within you know, five or eight minutes, I'm watching at least half of her scoliosis straighten out before my eyes, like a hot knife through butter. I said, oh, my God. Well, in the course wow. of that class, I discovered that I could do it, and – I found out and I I became his neighbor. I was his neighbor and I became his friend and I'd hang out at his house and I apprenticed with him and then later took over in his retirement, helped the work evolve 
radically from what he had set it out to be and gave it a name eventually called quantum touch. Well, one of the things that would happen now, 99% of the people who take quantum touch classes are interested in bringing down pain and inflammation, accelerating the healing process and things like this. But I've always had a fascination from that first day about the bones moving. So Mm. I really kind of studied it. And about eight years ago, I found out that I could meditate and meditate on a bone behind the nose and eyes called the sphenoid bone, which is the first bone in the embryo. And if you meditate on it, And with the right intent and energy, it will straighten out the cranial bones and the hips simultaneously, and that's for life, because people stay permanently aligned for years afterwards. So when Daniel told me that you could do make a movie of yourself running energy and align and and, uh, cause healing, the test I decided to do was to see if I could straighten out a person's posture by making a movie. Mm. So I made a selfie movie of me meditating and I showed it to people and it worked. Wow. Now, chiropractors say that the bones can't move while the person's standing. They put a person on their side and they crunch them. And they don't even try to straighten out the cranial bones because they're, they're um, Gray's anatomy says they're fused once you're an adult. So it's like a uh, just one single bone on top of the head. So, right. But for it to move, a ha- you know, three eighths of an inch or a half an inch, that's crazy talk, but it works. Right. So I started doing a whole series of experiments. Once I had the, the movie, I thought, well, what would happen if I made a screenshot of the movie? Would that work? Yes. Wow. Then I thought, well, what if I take the screenshot and put it in Photoshop and reduce it in size and take out all the color and print it on my printer? Will that work? Yeah, it did. Hmm. Now I'm blown away. And I started (laughs) keeping a journal of all the experiments and I ran 57 experiments with a 58th bonus one at the end. And completely blown away by the discoveries. One of the earliest, most radical discoveries, I I had played golf in the morning and I had my sweater on with, and I reached in the pocket and found a golf tee. And I thought, oh, what if I ran energy into the golf tee? Mm. What would happen? So I did with the intention of aligning the sphenoid bone and I handed it to somebody and they became instantly aligned. No way. Did you now? Did you even tell them what you were doing, or if they just touched this this uh, well, I, tea I in this case? I, I told them what it was, but I had no belief it was going to work. Yeah, and besides, is that a requirement? If you, so, if you were to hand him no, and you didn't tell him what it is, it, it would no. still work. If I okay, here's the bottom line, and it's a great question. If I have the intent to align them and I hand them a charged object holding that energy information, Mm -hmm. they will touch somebody with it and it works. So I'll tell you a funny story. I was in Cancun, Mexico with Reverend Michael uh, Beckwith. Mm, Yeah, just just played a clip of him on the show. He's great. Yeah, he's brilliant. And I, I did my little magic. I handed him an object that was charged and he was 
just blown away because he could feel his whole body change and he wanted me to he wanted to see me work on some of his associates and i did well that evening we had a, a beach party and he finds me and he's and he says, Richard, I have all these people. I I want you to touch them with your pendant. I'll talk about the pendant later. And I said, mm-hmm. and, and he takes me by the hand and he's walking me down to meet all these people. And I said, but Michael, I'm not going to touch them with my pendant. And he's, well, why not? I said, because I want you to touch them with the pendant. And he says, all right, what are the instructions? I say, okay, well, you got to hold the pendant in your hand and then you have to touch them with it. <laughs> He Very said, complicated. Yeah, he said, he said, yeah, that's it. Because I already knew that he had the intent to do this. So we recently ran a double blind experiment. And I'm in touch with Dean Radin of Noetic Science and Gary Schwartz from the University of Arizona. And they love mm. the experiment we did, but they want me to do it. Uh, yeah, Dean was on the show recently. Fantastic. They want it done with tighter controls and a larger sample, which I'm very happy to do. And then after we get good results again, they're going to want to replicate the experiment and try to make it fail. And if it succeeds anyway, they're going to get behind this. But right now, it's so radical what we're discovering that they have to be cautious. And I totally respect that. And, and just to get you just to touch on this a little bit for any of you guys who aren't familiar with Dean Radin or what he does, he's very and you can go to the Positive Head uh, podcast uh, interview episode with him. Very, very scientific guy who studies this sort of phenomenon, you know, with all scientific, you know, double blind, all the sort of, uh, you know, typical approach you would ex- expect in a, in a normal lab. But studying things like uh, what, what Richard's doing here, which are, you know, outside of the normal lab study, right? And this so the Institute of Noetic Scientists. Yeah, and this is what, that's what he does. So uh, if you listen to him, you will see he is certainly not uh, messing around. He's he's uh, very serious about getting to the truth of what whether something is legitimately working or not. So I look very forward to hearing how those studies progress with him. Um, you know, after talking to that guy for an hour, I know he's uh, he's not, oh, yeah. he's he's not looking deal. to falsify. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually am rooting for him to get the Nobel Prize because he did the the experiments showing the double slit experiment and how meditators could collapse the wave and i think that's worthy of the nobel prize myself so I'm, oh wow I'm, i didn't hear about I'm that a huge fan we can talk about that later so here's what happened i did the i ran energy into the golf tee if i handed it to somebody it untwisted their posture and straightened out the cranial bones two impossible things and then i thought well what about a metal object. What about wood? What about what about plastic? What you know, plastic lid of a coffee cup? What about? And I tried every kind of object I could think of, and everything worked. All matter seems to hold energy in tension, and it leads me to the conclusion that all matter is made of subatomic god stuff. And by the way, that's a technical scientific term, god stuff. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, I just made it up. Yeah. It's a very I like sci- it. I like it. It's a very it. technical scientific term. <laughs> it's made of God, God guts, okay? All right, all right. I like it. I so, like it. Technical so, enough for me. Yeah, techni- very technical. So the deal is, so once I had done that, then I had to run an experiment to see if I'm fooling myself. And the way I did that, I walked around the corner to where my friend works has a massage chair at a Whole Foods. So mm-hmm. 
he people are always coming up and chatting with him and he's just a very bright fun guy so i'm meeting people and i measure them i had given him a quarter that i had previously meditated on and charged had he had it on a shelf next to his massager and i'd measure people and then i'd walk around the corner and then try to guess whether he had handed them the quarter or not i come back in 40 seconds i would know within one second because i just put my hands on the hips and if they're still an inch and a half or two inches high on one side no you didn't and if they're at level yeah you did wow bam wow that's fascinating so i did that 10 times in a row and i figured okay i got this one that's easy right so so that was the self-deception and then because this is like so new i felt like i got i get to do like some really preliminary experiments like what happens if you boil water will it still hold the charge right any get any guesses yes you're right it did (laughs) so when the water cooled the water still held the energy information what about the water that evaporated at the top of the lid same thing no it lost the information yeah it wouldn't work so I put it, oh, wow. I, I, I collected the water in a little vial and I tested it and it did not untwist posture. Then wow. I, I, what about water that turns to ice? No, it lost it. What about ice that turns to water? Yes, it did. So hmm. I don't have any explanation. I'm just reporting. But I feel like I've discovered a little keyhole with which to understand the secret nature of matter. And I've made it outside as far as the mailbox. But there's this vast (laughs) territory of exploration that can be done by the people who come after me, who will be much more thorough, who will get to explore this territory. Wow. Yeah. And so that was my experience, of course, running into you. And here you are, you know, we're just two two guys talking at a party of, I don't know, yeah. 75 people. And right. uh, as you talk more and more, I'm like, hold on, hold on. What's your name again? And then we figured it out, you know, I figured out yeah. who you were and that we already had, had, you know, interviewed. I'd had you on the show. And um, so you had one of these um medallions with you that you've yes. sort of uh, used as your go-to after first experimenting right. with the tea and and uh, you know quarters and all these things where you've created these medallions and we'll talk about that more you know I suppose here in a little bit but um, you know where you said okay well Brandon I told you I would show you when I met you in person let's do it and sure enough guys I mean he he would took uh, several people my friend Shane yeah. uh, several other people that were there at the, at the time and sort of measured uh, you know uh, I forget what yeah what the the particular yeah, bones were measure, called again you got to measure too and you could just see how much their body just shifted position yeah yeah so before he would touch with the with this object that had this information uh encoded yeah. into it uh and uh, this healing consciousness if you will i suppose uh yeah. and uh, then he we would measure and we'd see up oh, yep th- these you know this side of the hip is you know one and a half two inches off you know when you when you kind of put your hand side by side at the bottom of the 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 hip or or the the bottom of the spine, I guess, right? Right. And um, and then after you would touch them, we'd come back and measure, and it would be different. So it was, totally. it, you know, it was wild. It was wild to see, and I saw him do it to multiple people. Yeah, it. This thing works better than ninety nine percent of the time. It's so robust, 
And even a novice, if you find the right person, about one out of six or eight people, whose hips are so twisted and their bone structure is such, when you touch the hip bone, it feels like you have your fingers on a tabletop where you can just, and you get your eyes level with your fingers. Even a rank novice will be able to say, yeah, that hip is an inch and a half to two inches high on this side. And then a second later, they look as level as they can be. So that's, that's a simple test to find out about the secret nature of consciousness inside matter. So I started running some experiments to find out, can I erase memory? So can I charge an object and make the memory go away like I did with the water evaporating? So what I tried was, I tried like um, sage. Will sage remove the information? It's like like charge Mm. a penny and then Mm -hmm. sage it like crazy. No, it did not remove any information from the penny then i I take the meaning that if you use the penny to try and straighten someone out it would straighten them out oh yeah works that's how you tested yeah then i ran into a woman who's a a quantum physicist and she said well try tapping the penny really hard on the table because it'll affect the whole structure of the metal so i did it didn't do anything so then i took a hammer and smashed it to smithereens so it was unrecognizable still held the energy information wow And so I tried a whole series of experiments to see if I could erase memory. Then I did an experiment to to find out if um, I could replicate like a homeopathic type of situation. So I had all these bottles and I filled them with water and one by one I added two drops of one bottle. First I ran energy into one of the bottles so it was far away from the other bottles took the dropper over, put two drops in another bottle, shook it up, put two drops from that bottle to the next bottle until I had diluted the water about one part per 10 trillion. And Hmm. then I handed the bottle to somebody in another room and it instantly straightened them out. Wow. So just one, one drop of water, uh, in, uh, in a sea of water. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow. endlessly, and it still held the energy information and caused the whole body to untwist. So you can imagine how blown my mind has been doing all this. One day, sure. I met a woman who was a massage practitioner, and she I did the experiment with her, and I said, listen, I have an idea for an experiment, and I want you to help me out. She's good at measuring people, but she knows nothing about energy healing or my work. Perfect subject. So... I meditate on one of her fingers, on her fingertip, to give it the energy information of untwisting pelvic and occipital torsion. I I abbreviate that that's SPA, spontaneous postural alignment. So I have her touch people with that finger with intent, and it works. Two weeks later, it worked. I ran into her a year later, and the finger still held the energy information. Wow. The, we so would it's not, basically in the person. Yeah, we would not know this. And there's so many experiments. It didn't matter how small the object was. It could be a grain of salt or sugar or sand. Not, none of it mattered. Then I had my mind completely blown, and I got, fear, I got really upset when I did one experiment. I wanted to see, I, w- I was noticing a strange phenomenon where it looked like the energy was spreading from object to object. But I couldn't understand why that was happening. It actually mm-hmm. was me. It was me that was spreading it. But that's that's what I got to discover. So right. what I did what I did was I had a woman standing with her back to a long table, and her hips were obviously twisted. 
I laid 15 pennies behind her along this table, uh, starting one right behind her. And about th every three or four inches, I'd lay another penny down. So the pennies were like four, four and a half feet long line uh, behind her. I then meditated on penny one, which was right behind her, and measured her again to make sure nothing had happened, and she was still uh, holding the twist. So I then reached way down at the end of the table to the very last penny, handed it to her, and it instantly untwisted her spine. And I go, what wow. the? Oh, man, I got so upset because it, that shouldn't have happened. Why did it spread to the other pennies? So my first thought was of fire and gasoline. Like mm. if you light a match and the gasoline's on the table and it spreads across to all the coins. But that couldn't be right. true. Because if that were true, then the table would be charged, the floor, the walls, everybody in the coffee shop, and for that matter, everybody on earth. And I knew that mm -hmm. had happened. So therefore, right. I, needed, I needed a new hypothesis. So the next day, I was at a conference and I met two women who were holding a major pelvic twist, and I borrowed a small handful of change because I didn't trust my own change <laughs> that I hadn't charged it. Right. And I looked, and I I just stared at the coins. I didn't try to do anything. I said, "I see pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters in my hand. I see all the change in my hand. It's all here. I see them all." That was the whole extent of the thought. I put the change on the table. And then I hand each of the women one of the coins at random. I then reach into my pocket, pull out a charged coin that I had previously meditated upon, and I just touch one of the coins on the table for a split second. Both mm -hmm. women were untwisted. Wow. Both women became immediately aligned. Oh, my God. I'm really blown away now. So then I had to do the <laughs> experiment in reverse to make sure that I wasn't fooling myself. And the way I did that was a woman in a, in a cafe. She has real big pelvic torsion. I had her take the change out of her pocket and put it on the table. I didn't tell her to concentrate on it or anything. I just had her pick up one of the coins and hold it in her hand. I tapped the coins on the table. It did nothing. It did not align her. Therefore, hmm. when you, here's, here's what the, this is all leading to. It's leading to the discovery of what we will call conscious entanglement. And that means mm. that if you join objects or people together in your mind, anything you do to any one of them will happen to all of them. Wow. That, that led to many experiments where I tested this out with other people meditating on it and some people, you know, just very many variations of these themes to make sure I wasn't fooling myself. And I've got absolutely secure that conscious entanglement is a real thing. And then I created what we call the quantum touch pendant, which is the medallion you were talking about. And the quantum right. touch, so what I did was I made this really beautiful looking pendant. And the, what I did was I charged it with my best healing energy. And then I also put in the energy information of untwisting the hips and occiput. And I sent it out to my top 50 instructors in the world and gave them each a gift of a pendant. Well, before and As I you, asked, yeah, I mean, some people may not know that you have you have uh, instructors that have been trained in quantum touch all over the world. You have like over a thousand or something, right? Oh, yeah. We've got about 
350 instructors. We've got about 1,500 certified practitioners in over 50 countries. <laughs> wow. My books are in 17 languages, and they've all been bestsellers. Wow. Yeah. So I send a pendant out to the top 50 instructors with the information that they should charge their pendant with their best energy. But because I entangled all these pendants together in my mind, I spent a mm. long time joining them all together. So anything anybody does to one of them happens to all of them. And thou, and so immediately was holding the energy of like 50 amazing healers. And then they quickly sold all thousand of them to their people. And all of those people are putting their energy into it. Now we've got about 3,500 of these pendants that are holding the energy of all these practitioners around the world. Their gratitude, their love, their deepest healing, and even we're starting a new program where they're putting their deepest gifts inside. So I had this, and I keep having these mind-blowing experiences. I was in that retreat in Cancun on the last night of this uh, getaway, I'm sitting talking with this guy, Gregorio, and he's just this delightful Italian fellow. And he's explaining to me that he was kind of a jerk as a teenager and he used to like to get into fights. He, mm -hmm. But he said, I haven't been able to breathe through my right sinus since I was like 15 years old. And I said, well, here's two pendants. Hold them up on both sides of your nose. So we're sitting there chatting. And within five minutes, he says, oh, my God, I can breathe through my right sinus now. I wow. Think, Re really? Yeah. Then a couple women watching this one says, well, I have TMJ. So she holds the pendants on her on her TMJ points on her jaw and her jaw opens up within four or five minutes. And another woman says, I have TMJ, too. And she holds it up and her jaw opens up. And then another woman says that she has pain under her eyes and her pain goes away. And I'm thinking, what is it that we have here? When I came back wow. home. I'm taking a walk with my friend Jamie, and he explains to me how he had stubbed his toe so badly that morning. After we'd walked about a mile, he said, I don't know if I can walk much farther because it hurts so much. I said, well, Jamie, take your pendant and put it on your toe. Within mm -hmm. seconds, he said, his whole foot is vibrating and tingling. Within two or three minutes, wow. he says he can walk again. And after another couple of minutes of walking, he says he can't even feel his toe. Wow. Another friend of mine told me that he had sprained his thumb doing jujitsu. And he, he said that he put the pendant on his thumb for about 20 minutes before he went to, to bed that night. And the next morning, his thumb was 100%. And he thought it was going to be out for like, you know, weak or vulnerable for a month. And wow. it just, and so we don't even know what this thing is yet. And I'm. <laughs> And I'm making new discoveries about what these pendants are. But essentially, it is a whole new technology. This may well be the very first charged and entangled group talisman on the planet. Wow. Wow. What an interesting, we, fascinating concept. We have thousands of people now putting their best healing energy into a an object that's grouped with other objects. So it's holding the group energy. Mm. So, wow, I'm just so blown you, away. 
Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I actually was fortunate enough when I met you to get one of these pendants. And it's a beautiful, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful choice. And obviously, as you've described here, you could sort of made anything, right? Yeah, uh, I could have made it. It really is about the yeah, I yeah, made wood and paper. <laughs> Yeah, I could have made them out of old cigarette butts encased in plastic. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you you opted to make this very beautiful pendant that it, it looks like, uh, am I correct in, uh, I'm actually looking at it here. Uh, I have mine here that you uh, were so gracious to gift me. And by the way, we're going to explain to listeners here at the end of the show how they can get one as well if they're interested. Sure. But, um, uh, you know, uh, looking at this, this is uh, the design on it is the symbol for the crown chakra, correct? Actually, it looks like the flower of life, but it isn't. Well, it's not the flower si- of life, but the very the very top chakra. Um, it could be. Let me. See. It could. It could yeah, be. I, I, th- I, I found the pattern, and it actually was from a crop circle. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It some- looks very. Uh, it looks very much like the the. Is it Saha, Sahasara? Is the yeah. crown chakra? Sahasara. Yeah. It does, Sahasara, it does yeah. look like that, but I I found the pattern and thought this would just be beautiful with a nice uh, crystal in the middle. And so uh, everybody loves the way it looks. So I'm very pleased that it's gotten such a good reception in terms of its aesthetic. And, you know, yeah, yeah, people, yeah. you might as well like make it pretty, pretty right? <laughs> or maybe we'll start selling cigarette butts, you know, in case yeah, you that'd be kind of funny, too. <laughs> it's, it's funny. So the the pendants are are just working a lot of miracles these days. Anyway, I ran so many experiments. Uh, you know, I, I was at the University of Hong Kong and the University of Macau when I was doing some of these experiments. And in one, so what I did was I, I needed to give a keynote address at both places. So I brought like 20 people on stage who all had, you know, their tw- hips twisted and such. And then I had them hold hands because that would create an instantaneous entanglement because everybody knew right. they were touching somebody else. Right. And then I took a charged coin because this is before I had the pendants and I just lightly brush it for a split second across a few hairs on a woman's head. Just like on one person, just one person, just a little doink, just tap it across, just push it across a few hairs. And all the people holding hands were immediately aligned. Wow. Yeah. This, the implications of this are phenomenal. All right. Well, now seems like a good moment to take a quick minute to tell those of you who aren't familiar a bit about our sponsor, Gaia. I've been a big fan of Gaia for many years now, which is why they're the only content provider I've ever reached out to in regards to potentially supporting this podcast. So needless to say, I'm very excited they're now supporting the show. Gaia truly is my personal go-to source for streaming consciousness content on the web. They have an incredible 7,000-plus exclusive videos covering 5,000 years of wisdom. Just to give you an example, on the show Missing Links, the incredible researcher Greg Braden explores all the biggest questions concerning who we are, where we come from, where we're going, by connecting the missing links between science and spirituality to complete our understanding of humanity's history and to better understand the interconnectedness of all things. Awesome, right? And that's just one example. 
As you guys constantly hear me say, it's a daily conscious effort to maintain an elevated vibration. And if you're looking to go deep down the rabbit hole to do so, then Gaia is the best place I know of to do it, period. And you can sign up for your first month for only 99 cents at Gaia.com forward slash positive head. That's spelled G-A-I-A dot com forward slash positive head. Check it out. So is there, you, you mentioned a few things, TMJ and the, the foot pain. And I mean, it, you know, is there any, uh, his, is, have you tried testing it on other things where it hasn't worked? Like, well, you know, something yeah. that's more severe. Or- we don't know the limits or when or why it's working. And energy healing is never going to work on everybody in all cases, because sometimes there's emotional issues that a person needs to confront or deal with. And your higher self is right. not going to let you get away with doing some little magic trick to bypass your spiritual growth. So, right, right. Interesting point. You know, that's that's never going to be the case. Quantum, we did a a clinical research study on quantum touch with 41 people who had high levels of pain. And most mm. of them were suffering from fibromyalgia, various forms of arthritis, or from accidents. And we, each person got a one-hour quantum touch session, and the result was a 67.4% reduction of pain. And for the people in the group who are under 55, it was a 74% reduction in pain. So uh, it's a very effective way for people to reduce the pain. I was at the um, Dr. Norman Sheely, the founding president of the American Holistic Medical Association, and he wanted to test quantum touch on his most difficult chronic pain patients. And so we gave everybody a one-hour session, and all of them, these were people who hadn't been helped by any traditional or alternative therapy in 20 to 40 years. And all of them had a, a twenty, a thirty to seventy percent reduction in their pain from a single session. So, wow. you know, the potential of this as a therapy has been well tested, and we're currently making an ebook that we're going to give away, and it's going to have probably two or three thousand quantum touch sessions listed, and and hyperlinked, so you can just do a search on anything. Because these are stories that people have written in over the years, and these these stories cover everything from Burns to Parkinson's, you name it. People respond to the energy healing. Uh, there's so many kind of plantar fasciitis, and you name it. The mm-hmm. body responds. But here's a great secret: everybody knows the placebo effect. Can. That's what I was about to ask you. Is it all placebo? That was like one of my next questions. Like, what oh, are, so yeah. Glad, anyway. So glad, yeah. <laughs> the, the subtext of the placebo effect, the thing that people aren't talking about when they're talking about placebos, is the body has an extraordinary self-healing ability under certain circumstances. Right. Now, we discount it because dishonesty and deception are used to say, oh, this is a pill that's going to make you feel better or a surgery. You know, they actually give sham surgeries where it's it's not a real surgery. They cut you open and sew you back up. And and it still works. So the subtext is that the body can heal itself amazingly well. But here's the secret. Energy healing can stimulate that self-healing mechanism without the need of dishonesty or deception. 
So the energy healing can stimulate the body's self-healing. Right. And it will do it as much as it can under these circumstances. So a lot of our quantum touch practitioners are now finding out that placing a pendant or two on a client accelerates the effect of the healing session they're giving them. A lot of people yeah. are using them for for many different kinds of purposes. But the 58th experiment that I didn't even plan happened when I had already developed the pendant. And it really, mm -hmm. these things just surprised me so much. Well, this one was, people say, oh, what a beautiful pendant, let me hold it. And I show it to them, and it did not cause the hips to untwist automatically. Mm. But if I touch them with it with any intention whatsoever to do that, it works immediately. Right. So it is activated through intention. And so I just talked to one of my practitioners today who works out of Germany, and she has been developing a whole series of protocol based on intention. To use, hmm. She's using these protocols with the pendants. So you've got thousands of people putting their best healing energy into this object, and then you use the object on your own body or somebody else with a specific intent, and that seems to activate it. But this is also mysterious to me, and my new book covers all my experiments that I did, all 57 dash 58 experiments and then teaches people how I did my technique to align people and to charge objects and then all the implications and the, the places that this goes afterwards so I'm so blown away by these discoveries. That's why I'm just doing all the talking. I'm just so excited. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the best part about having interviews is uh, it's all about you and your information and you certainly have no shortage of uh, energy flowing through your being and you know it's just radiating off of you, your excitement and enthusiasm and authenticity. And whether someone believes it or doesn't believe it, I, I don't think anyone would doubt that uh, you, know, you uh, are coming from a, a uh, authentic place and uh, so uh, certainly it, it's um, awesome to, to to get this download directly from you all about what you've went through and with all your experiments and and of course you, you know I think it's great too it's like hey this is stuff beyond what we understand and I think it's such a great point this whole placebo part of things all all you may be doing is, is creating enough of a story you know you I'm, I'm sure you're probably familiar with um, Bashar yeah. um Okay, so Bashar says, you know, he calls them permission slips, right? Mm -hmm. So you're creating enough of a story and momentum and energy and a permission slip to instigate this phenomenon, which, by the way, yeah. we've seen happen uh, independently of any sort of woo-woo anything. Doctors sure. who say, I have no idea how Mrs. Smith, who was on her deathbed, was about to go, no chance of survival from everything uh, modern medicine knows, and she miraculously healed everything. You know, how many times have those 
stories happened and every doctor you would go to will have some sort of story like that. Well, now here's some, and, and, and I think what you're touching on is right. It's like, uh, there's a lot more that we don't know than we do know. And we are energetic beings. We are, we are souls in a, you know, in a human body. And, uh, we're just learning a lot about our, our self beyond this physical, uh, vessel and what its capabilities are and the energies that we can call in and, and stimulate. And, and by just creating this permission slip that you've created, I think, uh, is, is just a fascinating, uh, idea and, and a way to look at it so that it does oh, it's, make it's sense to someone who's skeptical. Oh, it's fascinating. And by the way, I love skeptics. I embrace <laughs> skeptics. I have so much fun with skeptics. One guy came up to me after a lecture and he said, well, I didn't want to humiliate you in front of everybody, but I have a PhD in physiology and cranial bones can't move. They're fused together. Mm. And I said, oh, I'm mm. so glad to meet you. And I found somebody whose occipital ridge was massively off. And I said, mm-hmm. well, what do you see? And he lifts up and he said, lifts up on the bone at the back of the head. He said, oh, it looks like the right side's high. I said, how high? And he measures again. He says, at least three-eighths of an inch. It might be more than that And I, on the right side. And I said, that's exactly what I see too. So I, this is before I had the pendant and knew how to meditate to make it happen, which I covered in my book, uh, Quantum Touch, The New Human, with these new human abilities. And... I just touched it lightly for three or four seconds, and I said, okay, measure it now. His eyes roll. He puts his hands there. He measures it eight or ten times, keep taking his hands off. Putting he, <laughs> says, he says it looks totally even. I said, do you have any interest in researching it? And he said, no, I work on amphibians, and just walks away. <laughs> and I'm delighted. You didn't have enough scales, Richard. <laughs> I, I know. I was at a, a conference, a consciousness conference, and my friend Chris, who's a scientist, made me a big sign. It said, consciousness affects matter, free demo. This guy comes up, and his arms are crossed, and his head's cocked to the side. He says, all right, what do you got? And I said, well, I'm going mm. to un- untwist your hips without touching you. He says, well, that's impossible. I said, great, hold that thought. And so I measured him and said, oh, my God, your hips are like further out than almost anybody I've ever seen in my life. Oh, and really? Wow. And I said, well, to make it hard on me, why don't you lock your hips? So he's kind of standing tight, kind of clenched. And I meditate and I measure him and said, oh, look, it's all the way back to level. He said, well, of course, you used reverse psychology on me. And I said, well, you consider yourself an empirical scientist or faith-based? That that was a really rude question. (laughs) He (laughs) He said, well, empirical, of course. I said, great. Then why don't you watch me do this five or 10 more times and see if I'm using reverse psychology? And I got him cornered. And he said, well, if I let myself believe this just happened, everything I know about science would fall like a house of cards. (coughs) And I said, I said, well, as an empirical scientist, don't you want to let the cards fall where they will? Right. And And he thought for a moment and he said, not today. And he just walked away. <laughs> I think you shared that story last time. Uh, it, it's <laughs> he's not that much of an empirical scientist, huh? He's well, he's attached to his story. Well, you know, cognitive dissonance is a bitch. That yeah. when your belief and the reality are having a head-on collision, it's damn painful. It hurts. It hurts people's heads because your whole career and everything you know has been based upon certain assumptions. And the biggest assumption is we live in a mechanical unit, mechanistic universe where everything can be explained 
through math and physics. There is no spirituality. The mind is assumed to be confined to the brain, so there's no telepathy. They believe that matter is unconscious and that we live in a physical, not spiritual reality. And of course, there can be no such thing as energy healing. Well, my little demonstration will blow their ever-loving minds because it completely violates the fundamental assumptions that have been in place since Galileo. But unlike Galileo, we don't need a telescope. We just need your hands and somebody with normally twisted posture. Yeah. You know, you know what I think of as, as talking to you and and it's something that was very apparent when I met you is, you know, uh, first off uh, you, uh, you're what, if I recall, you're almost 70 years old, like 69 years old. I think you told me something like that. I'll be 69 in a few months. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, and and so you, of course, look way younger than that. Your energy is so um, youthful and childlike. And, you know, there's, I mean, I'm sure it's coming through the, the uh, you know, certainly on the recording to everyone, they can hear the enthusiasm, the, the, uh, the little boy in you, so to speak, is there in marveling at this. And, and it instantly makes me think of, you know, taking the most conservative sort of, um, typical uh, view of of uh, spirituality in our society uh, in western society christianity and jesus teaching you know lest you become like a child uh, yes. you can't enter the kingdom of, of of heaven right uh which to me is like hey becoming childlike is the path to heaven here now on earth because we're in eternity uh, as we speak right and then you know the other thing it, with the faith of a mustard seed you can move a mountain right he said so i think of these sort of uh more traditional spiritual uh concepts and teachings and then i apply it to this idea you the character that you are and the energy that you bring and it's like hmm very very interesting to tie those things together for me well first thing is i never developed hardening of the categories you never developed what hardening of the categories <laughs> gotcha and, and <laughs> i i actually developed a course called the art of youthing slowing stopping or potentially reversing the aging process and Mm. what happens is i haven't gotten that far along in terms of being able to do it but you know i'll turn 70 next year and i'm on zero medication i have no pain in my body and i'm stronger than i've ever been i can do you know 15 pull-ups and i hit the golf ball farther than i ever have when i was wow in my 20s that's a testimonial right there think of how many 70 year olds almost 70 year olds are just wrecked you know, with meds well, and I feel like I'm just getting started because <laughs> I'm I'm on fire with with these discoveries and my passionate work. And I'll tell you what my long range goal is. This is my my personal thing: is that in my lifetime, maybe it'll maybe it'll happen in my life, maybe it won't. But if I live long enough, maybe it will. To help shift the dominant belief from a mechanistic reality to a spiritual reality. Because mm. we came, when I really did the analysis on the implications of what's inside this book and what I'm saying, is there's like 30 arrows all pointing to the probability that we live in a spiritual reality. You could never prove it, but all the indications are that this is true. So if the mind is not confined to the brain, as one small example, that you can charge an object that'll still work, 
when an untrained person taps them with intention, then you realize if the mind is not confined to the brain, the death of the brain does not necessarily mean the death of the mind. Right. Therefore, you know, we're probably spiritual beings. And that is one of like 30-odd logical progressions to help people move toward an understanding that we're living in a spiritual reality. And the Vedas speak of maya, that this is all an illusion. And it's right. all for the spiritual growth. It's all for love. And that's the direction this whole thing is taking us. The evolution of consciousness is all about people or even animals developing compassion. And you think about the animals that we respect and adore the most. They all show compassion. The dolphins, the bonobos, the elephants, the dogs, the cats. You know, even some rats are capable of showing compassion. Mm. And a few politicians. <laughs> Speaking of rats. <laughs> well, yeah, I, mean, you know, I, I placed the rats up there <laughs> above many of the politicians because oh, yeah, they're yeah. incapable of showing any compassion. But this is where our spiritual evolution is going. It goes to a level of compassion. And so we create mm. laws that punish people for being raised in a bad environment. We put yeah. people in cages for smoking the wrong plant or for doing all kinds of things that aren't really crimes against anybody because right. we, we don't understand that all the solutions that matter in the world involve compassion. With a mm. high enough level of compassion, we could never let a child go hungry. We right. could never allow the world to become polluted. We could never allow these atrocities of war and, and poverty that are currently existing because we care more than our personal bank account. We care right. more about the well-being of the planet. And this and the understanding that we live in a spiritual reality and that our priorities need to be about compassion <laughs> ties in with understanding that it's not a mechanistic reality. And that's yeah. what everything in this book and the discoveries all point to a new paradigm for humanity. Mm. Yeah, and you know, it it makes me think you're you talking about this uh, what I believe is a definitive truth that it is a you know we're spiritual beings having a human experience, not human yes. beings trying to have a spiritual experience or or guessing or hoping or exactly. any of those things. Um, and uh, you know, so one of the questions that actually came to mind earlier, and that this reminds me of. You know, with this this stuff that you're seeing, and how I love uh, how you what did you call it? Um, uh, conscious consciousness entanglement. Um, yeah, yeah, conscious entanglement. Yes, conscious entanglement. So, with conscious entanglement, do you believe? You know, one of the things that I often ponder, uh, which I do a lot of pondering the the nature of reality, what's going on, how it works. All these things obviously are very fascinating to me, and lots of ideas and theories about it, and love hearing other people's ideas and theories about it. But one of the things that I've heard that that feels true, sounds true, rings true to me is the idea that the veil is thinning now. And essentially what's happening is there's a merging of the dimension that, you know, we, you know, the next dimension, uh, where we go when we die, uh, essentially when we are non-physical is sort of merging with this dimension. The, the, the veil is thinning, uh, sort of an ascension is happening, uh, mm. or feels like ascending into this, you know, higher vibrational reality. 
And as a result, uh, you know, I've even read, I, I think of a book that I love where it talks about during this process, there will be uh, of ascension. There's a book called Oneness. Uh, I'm not sure if mm-hmm. you've ever heard of or familiar with a very, I love it. I, I refer to it as like the handbook for ascension. It's kind of like, okay, here's what's happening. Here's what you can expect. Here's what you're nice. going to go through. Here's what it's going to look like. And just, you know, it's, it's uh, supposedly channeled material. Very, very profound and insightful to me. But um one of the things that she talks about in that book is, hey, what's going to happen is you're going to see new species appear. You're going to see new animals, new new minerals, new things happening that uh, were not there before. It's kind of like, hmm, how did we miss this? You know, how did we miss this animal or this mineral or as we are, are ascending? And so it got me thinking about what is going on with you. And, you know, you've been at this a long time. And here, as you go further down the rabbit hole and you keep that uh, childlike wonder about you and, you know, all this wonderful energy and continued experiment, you're finding, hold on, look at, you know, this is like groundbreaking what you're just now discovering. So my point is, do you feel like perhaps, uh, you know, my theory is, is as we're ascending these things, maybe 30 years ago, this wouldn't have worked. But now it does as we are entering uh, sort of a new, uh, you know, a new vibrational uh, uh, launch pad, if you will, landing pad where we we currently reside. I think these things would have worked a thousand years ago, but Mm -hmm. people weren't people weren't ready to see it. I think people are more ready to see it now. um, But it's still a challenge, even for the the most open minded new age scientist. Yeah, this is definitely pushing the the edge of the envelope here, Richard. (laughs) I mean, Dean Radin and Gary Schwartz were so excited about my book. They said, it's beautiful. It's well, well written and we love it, except we don't know it's true yet. So, you know, you got to we got to jump through all the hoops to find out if this is actually the case. Right. And so that's what we're doing now. And on our first double blind experiment, what we did was we created we, we just went through the protocols to really tighten them up. What we did was we used a laser measuring device to measure how far it was from the top of the hip to a target on the floor. Mm-hmm. And we just, we've spent hours and hours developing the protocols to get it better and better. Our margin of error was about two and a half millimeters when you're measuring mm-hmm. hips, which is pretty good. But mm-hmm. the movement we got in the first uh, double blind uh, study we conducted was about 11 millimeters of movement on the people in the in the test group and wow. two and a half which is just our margin of error in the control we're about to start the experiment again with much tighter controls multiple people doing the measurements and this is then going to be submitted to gary schwartz and dean radin for their observation and opinion. So I'm really excited that we're going to take it further. Wow, that's that's very exciting. Now, so these these just to be clear, these first ones with the laser were done with uh, Dean Radin. Well, the first, no. Um, Dean Radin's interested in, in looking at our results, and we sent him the results that we got, and they were very impressive. But Dean said... We need to see it with multiple people measuring, not just one person measuring. And that's good. I like that because yeah. so I, I trained another man who's really good at measuring and we're gonna do some more 
times together where we're practicing together and making sure we're able to get the same reading on multiple people. And once we're able to get it down, then we're going to start organizing multiple sessions where we're going to be doing the double blind experiment. In the double blind experiment, we have one person. Well, what I do is I give the instructions to two different people. And I tell them that they're going to hold a coin in their hand. We've been using quarters. And they touch a person on the shoulder or arm or whatever. And with the intent of untwisting their posture. Now, these are two completely untrained people who know nothing about my work. And one of them will have a charged quarter. And one of them will have an uncharged quarter. And they don't know who which one they have. But both of them are using intent when they tap. And what we saw the first time was the uncharged quarter did nothing. And the charged quarter worked every time. Wow. Wow. When will these tests, uh, you know, uh, these further tests be conducted? Do you know? Uh, within the next three to four weeks, we're going to run that experiment. We also are, are doing another experiment concurrently to see if we can bring down inflammatory factors in the blood for people with rheumatoid arthritis. And I want to do another test to see if I can charge uh, pills and create my own sort of placebo experiment to see if I can actually create a placebo that works and compared <laughs> to the placebo that may not work or work right. as well. So right. these are, these, I'm, I'm kind of a closet scientist. I'm not officially a scientist, but I love the scientific method. I love the process and I love the outcomes wherever, you know, wherever the cards fall is fine with me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all so fascinating. I look, I look forward to hearing some of these results, uh, you know, once, once you go through this more rigorous uh, testing. But it sounds like you've done enough testing to know. I, I'd say you're fairly confident uh, well, what you're going to find. When you see me meeting people in public, as you did, and no matter who we brought for, before us, and they instantly shifted in a way that would be considered impossible— after you've done it a few thousand times, you kind of get to believe, <laughs> believe it's true. Right, right. And by believing it's true, you're creating it to be true in your reality and uh, onward and upward, uh, everyone goes. <laughs> and, and, and other people are experiencing the truth of it as well. Yeah. And so that makes it really nice because all these other people are now having these experiences that validate my observations. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, you know, one of the things you mentioned was not just the healing stuff, but uh, people putting their gifts into the pendants too. So anyone who owns one can then, like I own one now. So if I have yeah. a particular gift, I can meditate uh, what that gift is. Let's say yeah, let's, the let's gift of Let's go through that for a second because that's yeah, so yeah. fascinating. I was in a cafe one day. I'm talking to my friend Carolyn, and she's explaining to me that she – has a photographic memory and she always got straight A's and never had to study. And I thought, well, I had to work really hard for B's, you know, right. <laughs> I didn't, it, and my papers always came back looking like they had a red disease. And, <laughs> and because I was always very creative and not good at spelling. And so I came up with an idea and I said, well, why don't you give me your photographic memory? And I didn't have a very good idea on how to do the technique when I first made it up. And she, <laughs> she did the technique. And as I, I didn't notice anything, of course, I mean, what would I notice? But 
as I was going to bed, that as I was going to sleep that night before I got to sleep, I started just casually thinking about a friend I hadn't seen in a long time. And all of a sudden, there's her face right in front of me with her name spelled in gold letters. But what was really unusual was the vividness of the visualization and that the letters weren't moving. And I was so intrigued by the fact that it looked like I was looking at a, a billboard or a poster on the wall that was completely clear but in 3D color. And I'd wow. start looking at the letters and, and looking at the and I could read them backwards one at a time. And wow. I could read them forwards and they didn't move. Then I thought of another friend. And his face just showed up right in front of me, the name spelled in gold letters, and a third friend, and the same thing. And then the, the next day when I asked uh, Carolyn about it, I said, Carolyn, when you think of your friends, do you suddenly see their face right in front of you with the name spelled in gold letters? And her jaw dropped open, and she goes, oh, my God, how did you know? <laughs> and, I, and, wow. and, then, and then I asked her, because after I was done with that, my whole body was racked with fear. I thought, why am I afraid? That was kind of fun. I didn't feel scared of that. And I yeah. said, do you carry a lot of fear? And she said, oh, you have no idea. And I said, wow. I think I do have an idea. And so um, she, so then I came up with a new technique that we teach in the uh, Quantum Touch Level 2 class. We call it sharing the gifts. And what we do is we <clears throat> filter it. So you could get the gift of Mozart, but you'd get the immaturity. You could get the gift of Einstein, but you get the alienation. Right. What we do is we ask our higher self to work with us to get the energy and essence of the gift, not all the subconscious stuff that goes along with it. So when you wow. put your gift and infuse it into the pendant, we teach people how to access the energy and essence of the gift. So you put the pure energy element of what you're wanting to put in there and we're going to be putting all kinds of amazing things in these pendants and creating new programs because we're at the earliest stage of discovering what these things are and what they can do incredible incredible so uh it, so is that something so you know, uh, as we're going to talk about here in a little bit, you know, people can get get a pendant from sure. you. And, of course, they're now connected to this network uh, that, yes. you know, thousands of people are in. And uh, so is there something where it's like sort of you would put out, let's say, if I were to put in a particular gift that I have and then someone who has another pendant wants that gift, they ask for that particular gift, then they would just sort of sit with the dependent and meditate on receiving that gift or yeah, like what was much. your technique for yeah, getting the uh the uh the you know seeing everything the, uh, the way carolyn did yeah, yeah 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 so you're exactly right what you would do is okay so one man says i have grit i can work through pain i don't care i just keep going and going never nothing stops me well that's a gift that he puts into the pendant. Another woman says, I have incredible patience and compassion. All right, that's a really good gift. So if you want patience and compassion or grit or whatever the gift is, you sit with the pendant and you think about the gift that you want and you just choose to receive it. And you look at the pendant or just meditate on it being inside you and just take, you know, three, four minutes at a time, just kind of like drink it in, let it infuse you like a sun lamp or something. Just, ah, oh, that feels good. And don't worry about whether you got it or not. Just keep doing it every day for like a month or two. And then you right. notice, oh, wow, 
I'm actually better able to really be with people and not have judgments and be more compassionate about where they are or more understanding of why they became this person and and more tolerant or whatever it is that the gift it is that you want to receive. And we're going to be stacking these pendants with gifts, special abilities like learning language or uh, reading th- you know, 10,000 words a minute or something. We're going to put... T- peak experiences and when somebody's had the best day of their life and infusing it with that. Recently, a man infused his pendant with orgasmic ecstasy because he teaches Tantra and his wife and he can just regularly go into ecstatic states of Tantra. So he took like five minutes and just blasted it. So all the pendants now have that, but most people haven't tapped in on that vibration or asked for it. Because well, thanks for the heads I, up on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When I hand, remember, I know what I'm doing with my pendant tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, exactly. Most people remember when I hand the pendant to somebody, it doesn't untwist their posture. But if I touch them with that intent, it does. So that tells us that in order to access the program, you need to have that level of intent. And because we have our own patterns of thought, belief, experience, and all the rest, it takes a while to work its way through all the different layers of conditioning programs and other stuff that we're carrying. Right, right. Very, very fascinating, uh, Richard. This is, uh, you know, and of course, this is a a whole new path for you, right? You said 18 months ago, you wouldn't even have believed it. So this is all literally unfolding now, this whole, um, you know, gamification i love gamifying and play and all those and and you know so i'm it's it's fascinating i'm uh i'm excited to be uh one of the first uh pendant owners so if uh, a thousand years from now everyone's talking about richard gordon's uh pendants uh maybe my great 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 uh grandson will have it (laughs) who knows maybe i'll still be around you never know you know we we don't know the limits of what's possible and because we're doing things that look impossible already who's to say where the limits are right we you know i talk about slowing the aging process obviously i've done that there's no question about that because no question yeah but have i stopped it i don't think so yet but it's on the agenda list and then reverse it take it backwards you know a few notches Mm. more and more if i could just you know get three months younger every year that would be really nice So yeah. that's that's where the next steps are going. And I really uh-huh. think that the pendant may play a significant part of that. Because consider this. Everybody's love is like a unique bouquet of flowers. And mm. it has its own beauty and scent and specialness. But nobody holds all the flowers. Everybody has right. a bouquet. And right. that's all the different qualities or flavors of love if we could... Uh, say it that way well what happens when you have thousands of people putting their love in now you have like not just an instrument but an orchestra a huge orchestra of extraordinary love that's there and projected so every new generation of pendants what i do is i join them all together in my mind and then i link them up to all the previous generations of pendants so all of them are carrying all of the good stuff every single one of them is fully charged and ready to go 
and will be uh, spectacular this way. You know what I just thought of that would be a great idea, Richard, and maybe you've already thought of it, is documenting, um, creating a... um, you know, an online platform where people can share the gifts that they've put in that have, um, you know, oh, documented we're al- what we're already doing it. There, okay. If good. you go to quantumtouch.com and click in our newsletter, uh, people are, uh, as a regular feature for most, not all the newsletters, but most of them, we're listing the gifts that people have put into the pendants. We've got a whole page on our Quantum Touch website that's listing the, the current gifts that people have mm. inside the pendants. Mm. And we're going to be adding to this program as time goes on so that the pendants will become increasingly valuable. And And by the way, we have them in all the continents of the world now. And so when you wake up in the morning, your pendant is stronger than it was when you went to bed. Because Mm. every day, hundreds or or maybe thousands of people are meditating on their pendant, adding energies and information. And you don't have to worry about negative energy because the love is thousands of times stronger than than the occasional person who's accidentally putting their self-pity in there. It's right. And and what's your agenda? Your agenda is, oh, I can't wait to get this pendant to feel other people's self-pity. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's your intention? What are you calling in? Yeah, you want to feel the healing and the love and the transformation. And that's why we're doing it. So, of course, it's going to be bringing in those frequencies and those energies. Hmm. Well, what a fun amazing lovely adventure that you have uh started uh started down and uh certainly fun to play along and to follow this story what's what's next for you now i mean the, this book just well, came out what 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 are you going to be doing um testing I'm, a lot of testing well a lot of testing we're doing experiments i'm turning my book into an a uh, an audiobook for those who want to hear me say it as opposed to reading <clears throat> And imagining I'm saying it. And yep. I'm also starting a project. We just had a meeting before I met with you. And I'm going to be making a documentary. And the documentary will be called The Galileo Project. And the idea is what would happen if somebody had visible, teachable, paradigm-changing information? How would the authorities deal with an unfamiliar telescope? Would they be willing to look through or would they run away? And if they're willing to look... How far we can we take this down the rabbit hole? And right. so if they look, it progresses the plot. And if they run away, it adds to the humor of the piece. So either right. way, we have a potential of winning. And if you get on our mailing list, you'll learn about the progress on this project. We'll show clips occasionally. And we're going to also do a crowdfunding on it because we think this is a very important message that the world is not a mechanistic place, that love really has impact, and that you, we are spiritual beings. So that's, that's really where all of this just keeps going. Absolutely fascinating, Richard. Thank you so much for coming and sharing and connecting again. Certainly, uh, certainly uh, a joy and a pleasure to uh, participate, play, and learn from you. And... Uh, I look forward to uh, to the next time uh, I get I get to run into you at a party. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what's coming next, but if it's going to top this one, it's going to really blow me away. <laughs> Brandon, it's a real pleasure to see to meet you finally and to uh, get to share all this with you. It's been really fun. Likewise. 
So, guys, as I suggested earlier in the show, Richard has agreed to put together a special discount code for any Positive Head listeners out there who are intrigued enough that you'd like to purchase your own Quantum Touch pendant. If you go to QuantumTouch.com, you'll see the QT pendant is normally $119, and you can choose from buying it in either gold or silver. So what Richard has been generous enough to do is offer a discount of $30 to Positive Head listeners. So for all you P-Heads out there, the pendant's only $89. Now, to get your discount, you just go to QuantumTouch.com, click the shop button in the top right corner. You'll then see the QT pendant. Just choose, you know, either gold or silver. Put in the coupon code positive head, all one word on the checkout page in the area where it asks you if uh, if you have a coupon code to enter. And if you want to get more than one pendant, you can, of course, just check out multiple times and you'll get your $30 discount each time. Or you can reach out to Jennifer at QuantumTouch.com to sort of facilitate uh, purchasing uh, more than one. Well, everyone, that concludes this week's interview episode. If you have enjoyed this positive download from our hearts and minds to yours, please take a minute, give us a rating or review on iTunes, since iTunes is the holy grail of all things podcasting. Uh, Your good reviews help us to reach more listeners. Also, we would be extremely appreciative if you would tell your friends and family about the show. Our sincere intent with the Positive Head podcast is to spread positivity to the world, Because, well, because we're selfish, quite honestly. Uh, I say that jokingly, but really only halfway joking. I'm referring to the good kind of selfish based on the knowing that we all get what we give in this life. Because when we give, we're actually always giving to extensions of self since we're all really one in the same consciousness, just in different bodies. So if you want to be a good selfish along with us by helping to spread the positivity, By all means, please proceed to shout about the Positive Head podcast from your rooftop. (laughs) Otherwise, as you continue on your fabulous journey in this 3D reality, be sure to remember this. As long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone, and thank you for being.